0: Seats. We already did announcements, so I don't have to do announcements, but man, we're going to jump right in to what God has for us this morning. Um, last Sunday, we talked about um, Acts chapter 9. We've been talking about God's been doing some good things here in our midst. Um, if you've been here or been watching what God's been doing, um, the Holy Spirit's been moving. He's been um, doing good things, man, changing our hearts, causing joy to be here as you just sense people are Kneeling in God's presence, I, I love that the power of God can hit you in a way where you just fall, or as we, some sense, at least I did, in God's presence this morning, worshiping, that I just had to kneel. How, how, what could I else could I do to respond to the presence of God but just kneel before him because he's worthy, amen? Um, and I love that. I, I love the story of Paul. I'll just jump right back in where we're at. Acts chapter 9, kind of, if you remember where we're at last week, um, Paul, Saul, we'll say Saul, uh, same guy, right? His name was changed. Um, but Saul's on the road to Damascus. He's persecuting. He's um, uh, jailing Christians. He was there when Stephen was murdered. Um, we'll see here later on in uh, this chapter, he actually goes back to the same place that Stephen, was, uh, Stephen uh, opened up his mouth and prophesied and shared the gospel. Uh, Paul goes back to that same place and shares in that same uh, tabernacle. Tabernacle? Synagogue. That's the word I'm looking for. Synagogue. And uh, there's just things going on where Saul's being converted. He's being changed. And so I just want us to look at this story again one more time because I think what God is doing here in our midst, he's doing something that maybe some of us aren't used to or we've seen in the past and what does it all look like? And I want to make sure that we're spending time to kind of go through this, process this. Um, My heart is that what is going on over these last several weeks, we've been praying for people, Sundays and Wednesdays, and being ministered to people fall down under the power or the presence of Jesus. And I just want us to make sure that we're understanding this isn't just some strange, foreign, weird thing, although it does seem weird to our flesh. It's something that is biblical. It's something that God is doing in our midst, and that we're recognizing it, perceiving it, and that we're stewarding it well. That it's not just a blip on our radar. It's like this little blip, and then it goes away, and it never comes back. It's something that we're not going to force. We're not going to contrive. We're not going to make happen, but we are going to welcome. Anytime the Holy Spirit is moving, I'm saying, yes, here am I. You know, minister to me, Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to be here that this becomes, in a sense, a normal thing that we're used to people being slain in the Spirit. That uh, there's people that fall down, and it might be for two minutes during worship. It might be for an hour. It might be we close and lock up, and they're still in here. You know, they're still spending time with God. That it's just, it becomes part of who we are and what we're doing. And so I just want to make sure we're talking about it, that it doesn't become this, like like I said, just a blip on the radar, and I'm glad we're done with that, and let's move back to what we used to do. Um, It's something that this is just kind of in our DNA. God's kind of doing something. And so you'll see here in this story that Saul is being converted, right? He was saved. He accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but there's a lot that needed to be converted in him, a lot that needed to be changed. And so if you haven't already, you can open your Bibles, Acts chapter nine. I'll throw it up here too as well. Um, But there's nothing like having... My physical Bible to read from, uh, I enjoy. So we read, I think what did we read? Like verse one, all the way through 28, I think, last Sunday. And I was going to try to get as many points as I could. This is not a, I don't want to recap everything, but we kind of went through several things. And so we're going to pick up on verse 19. So if you're remembering, I'll just, I won't read it all, but just the story, right? You're remembering Saul was on his road to Damascus. Um, He's on his way to persecute Christians. Sees a blinding light. Hears a voice. It's Jesus shows up. And Jesus is talking to him, why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the goads? I didn't really explain all that, but why are you going against... where I'm trying to provoke you. I'm trying to get your attention, and you're not listening to me. And so finally Jesus just shows up. Saul is blinded, right, He doesn't eat anything. He fasts and prays for three days. Ananias shows up, prays over him, lays hands on him. Scales fall off. You guys are remembering this? And so that's where we left off in verse 18. The scales fall off. So verse 19, we'll say this. This is where we're at. Verse 19. So when he, Saul, had received food... He was strengthened. Then sp- Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. All right, we're going to stop there. I'm trying, my goal is to get all the way through verse 31. We might get to two verses. I don't know where we're going to go. Let's see. Um, but stopping on this first verse, what stands out to me is just this phrase, days with the disciples. Days with the disciples. Saul had this incredible encounter with Jesus. And what was needed next? Some days with the disciples. He needs to spend some time being discipled. He needs to spend some time having things figured out. What just happened to me? Who is Jesus? I thought Jesus was this, but now Jesus showed up. I I want my own personal relationship with Jesus, but I need some discipling. Amen? That's something that needs to happen. I praise God that our youth, man, they had this incredible encounter at camp several weeks ago. But some discipling needs to happen. They need to know this is that. They need to have God's word taught them. And I love this because... In Acts chapter, uh, we're hearing this the first time, what happens to Saul on the road to Damascus. If you read the book of Acts, Paul recounts this multiple times. And in fact, actually, he talks about his conversion another time in the book of Galatians. Uh, You can read it in chapter one if you wanna know. Uh, You can do your homework. But he, he recounts this story again, and he says that for three years, he was in Arabia. And so scholars, we're just trying to get the information we have, and we don't know for sure how this all plays in. But when it says he spent days with the disciples, That could have meant that he just spent a couple days in Damascus and then he went to Arabia for three years. Or it could have been that he was in Damascus, was in Arabia, and was in this area that we call, we're trying to figure out the technical term Arabia. Damascus might fit this whole area. So we don't know if he was there in that city for three years or just days, but it was some time that Paul needed some time to get, can I say this, rewired. He was the most religious, you read his testimony, he was the most religious man on the face of the planet. Some of that good and a lot of that bad. A lot of tradition, a lot of man-made things that needed to go out the door. There was things, and can I say that wasn't, I'm not just picking on Saul. I'm saying, each one of us, I grew up in the church. So, praise God, I should be the most qualified to be a pastor. That's not always the case. Sometimes we get trained with things that are like, wait a second. I need fresh revelation that this is what God's word is saying. Am I making sense? Because I can sense, even though they say that, some people might say, what are you talking about, Pastor. Saul had been taught his entire life probably the most important verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. True statement. So for Jesus to claim that he's the son of God is blasphemous. It's against the word of God. You can't be God. There's only one God and you're saying you're separate from him? You can't happen. And now he's going back and reading scripture and he's saying, wait a second, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let Us make man in our image, in the Hebrew it says. Saul is now reading this with this fresh like, wait a second. I know God is one, but now he's using, in Hebrew, he's using a plural term, us, in our. He's getting this idea that he's been told all his life that God is one, and God still is one. But there is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's having to re-understand all of God's word. God's word didn't change but his understanding had to change of God's word. I'm saying every single one in this room need to change our understanding of God's word. There's things that God's word never changes. It's faithful, it's solid, it's a rock. You can build your life upon it. But some of us has built our life on our understanding of God's word. And Saul, needed need to have those things stripped off of him. Some of us need to have some things stripped off of us. It's not an easy process, and that's why I love it. it. Says he spent days with disciples. He's like, wait a second, tell me what this means. Wait a second, tell me what this means. He's having to humble himself. If you didn't catch this, Saul could brag in front of everybody. Man, I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He, like amongst Pharisees, like he was the highest one. Like amongst all the different uh, rabbis, he had the highest rabbi, Gamaliel. Like he was it. Like he had so much pride and arrogance. Like I know God's word better than all y'all. And now he had to spend days with disciples and submit himself and say, you know more than I do. And you've been a Christian for right." these disciples. It might've just been several months that Ananias knew God's word and Saul's known it all of his life and he's having to submit himself. Are you getting the picture? Submission, humility is so important in the process of getting to know who Jesus is. He spent days with the disciples. Man, there's so much. I, I, could keep, I think I could preach for the whole next 20 minutes on this. Can I say it this way? There's a demand on your life to be discipled. There's a demand on my life to be discipled. There's also a demand in my life to Disciple there's a demand on your life to disciple, right? The great commission, we always think it's the word go. Go and make, it's actually make disciples. You are commissioned to matter, you, not everyone in this room is called to be a pastor and be behind a platform and up behind a pulpit. That's not everyone in this room is called to, but you are called to make disciples. Every single one of you, there is a demand and a requirement that God has said, it's a commandment. I am telling you, Jesus is telling you today, you are supposed to make disciples. Are you equipped? Are you discipling yourself so that you have something to give away? Saul needed this. He needed to be discipled so that he could be a discipler. Hmm. I'm gonna say it this way. I think in the Western culture, America especially, there's a truth that I have a personal relationship with Jesus and that's true. Praise God. This is nothing against Catholics, but for tradition of the church. Let's just say the church. The church for so long didn't know how to read. They didn't have their own copy of the Bible. So they were dependent upon a priest or a father to tell them about God and that their relationship with God went through a priest. I thank God that we're Protestants and I have direct access to Jesus. Praise God for that. But there's something about that we've lost in our protesting, the way the church has always operated for thousands of years, that we need to get back to. There's something that each one of us that have a personal relationship with God, we need to become under authority. Yes. We need to come under being discipled. We need to say, I need to, someone else to tell me how things are. I need to not have everything. Well, let me, let me process that on my own. Let me do this on my own. That's actually a wrong thinking. It's not biblical. Saul wasn't just this religious man of religious fans. He ended up becoming the apostle. Like, I can know Peter and Paul, like, Saul, Paul wrote most of our doctrine. And you'll see, man, I'm kind of jumping ahead. You'll see towards the end these next several verses, he had to submit himself. He had to go to Jerusalem, not just to Damascus for three years to the disciples there in that town. He had to go to Jerusalem and submit himself to James, the pastor of the, the Jerusalem church, to Peter, the head of all the church. He had to come in submission I'm trying to think of a better way to say it. He had to spend days with disciples. He had to become submitted to leadership to be qualified for leadership. Is that making sense? Amen. Some of you are called to be leaders wherever you're at. Like, hmm. Okay, I'm gonna be bold. I, I prayed over Wene, Father, uh, was it last Sunday? She's newer at being a teacher at Village Christian. But when I prayed over her, I sensed it. I had no idea she was going to go. I, I was just trying to be like a nice, like encouraging prayer. As I prayed over, she fell down on the power of God. Because as I prayed for her, it was the Holy Spirit was commissioning her to be a leader. Not just to be a new hire at Village Christian, but to be a leader. For people to come to her to get direction. Wait, she's the new one on the block. No, she's a leader. She's called for leadership at that school. So I know I'm kind of being bold and I'm calling her out. I'm saying the same thing as giving you an example. Each one of you are called to be leaders. You might not see yourself as leaders, but you will never be a successful leader unless you are submitted to leadership. Okay, here we go. I see so many people that are unhealthy spiritually, and I'm going to say this, emotionally and even mental health, because they have a problem submitting to leadership. I, I'm not going to pigeonhole this, but I'm just going to give you another example. Homelessness in L.A., it's not because there's not enough houses around. It's not a, it's not, we don't have enough buildings to house them. That's not the problem. I'll tell you, this is my take. The, take this away from being the passion of the pulpit. This is just Ryan's personal opinion. My personal opinion, I think the greatest problem with homelessness is, homelessness is this, am I stuttering? People that are homeless is they have a problem to s- submitting to leadership. That's my personal encounter with most of them they don't know how to come under authority. They don't know how to submit to authority and say, I'll do it your way. If they come into a halfway house, you have to listen to all their rules and abide by all the rules. I don't wanna listen to all these rules. I wanna do it my way. Well, then you got to live on the streets. I don't want to be homeless. I want to be in the body of Christ. I want to be part of fully functioning in the body of Christ. I don't want you to be having your personal relationship with Jesus and it's just all good. No, you need to be in the body. You need to have a home. And that comes to submitting to leadership. You're called to be leaders, but you've got to learn how to be be under leadership. Is that making sense? (sighs) Saul had this personality, he was a leader. He was born to be a leader, but there was some pride that had to be stripped from him. There was some wrong thinking. There was wrong doctrine. There was wrong understanding of a God, and he was exalted in due time. I quoted that verse: "Submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time." In that same verse, says, "But God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble." I'm just being bold. There. Are there are some of us in our church body, there are some of us that watch online that you question. It's not wrong to question some of the things that are happening and the things that are going on. That's good, that's healthy to ask questions. But I pray, like seriously, I, I'm not. it's not because I think I'm right and you're wrong. That's not my heart. As a pastor, my heart is, I pray that your heart gets softened and that you're not resisting the moves of the Holy Spirit. Saul had to understand that there was a Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the God the Father. That he had to have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we understand the, the Trinity. We have a relationship. Yes, a personal relationship, but a corporate relationship. Hmm. All right. I can say more, but let's, let's keep going on. Verse 20. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. So at the same time, he's being discipled. The same time he's studying God's word for three years, he's being poured into, right? But it doesn't mean that he's doing nothing but studying God's word for three years. I love that these two verses seem like they're contradictory, but they're just saying, no, they connect. He was spending time being submitted, but at the same time, he had no problem opening his mouth right away. Immediately, he started testifying, this is who Jesus is. This is what he did in my life. Can I be honest with you? There are some times when God has done something in my life, and it was powerful. Like, we all talk about it, right? You have these mountaintop experiences, and you're like, oh, it was so great. But at the moment you stop talking about it, and you start testifying all the things that God has done, the birds, the air come and snatch them away. I just wanna be bold, I sense it already. I sense it in my life, I sense it corporately already. What if this Sunday no one gets slain in the spirit? What if it doesn't seem like the Holy Spirit's moving? What if this goes on for weeks? I feel like I'm sensing that most of us would be like, ah, it was just a blip on the radar. I don't want that to be the case. I wanna continually testify of all that God is doing and has done and expect him to do it again. I'll say it this way. The enemy would love to bring a sense of shame over us being a little bit strange, over the pastor falling down, over things happening here. But I was, I was convicted. Maybe this isn't blasting you guys, but this is just I'm sharing my personal testimony. I was convicted. Oh, man, I have it written down somewhere in there. Jesus says it. It's in the Gospels. Let's say that. If you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my heavenly father. And this isn't to me, this is just my personal testimony. Jesus wasn't just talking to me about my salvation, about Jesus dying on the cross. It's the whole picture of who Jesus is. My full relationship with Jesus. If there's a part of my relationship with Jesus that I keep hidden, he's not okay with. If I'm saying that I'm, I'm Pentecostal, and I, man, I speak in tongues. And that's something that I'm like, like, no, I don't want to tell people that because it's kind of abrasive, and it kind of puts me in an awkward position. I'm saying it's not okay for me to be that way anymore. Right. It, it comes up, I'm telling you, I, I just want to be honest with you. Even this past week, I, I met with a technician that I'd never met before, and conversation happened, and I did good in lots of ways, sharing my faith, and I was able to minister to him in certain ways, but I, didn't, I, I missed some of it because I didn't, I'm just being honest with you. To me, can we just be honest? Like, I didn't bring what we're doing here in church into that situation. I stopped short. I brought the truth of who Jesus is as our Lord and Savior, but I didn't whip out the oil and put it on his head and pray for him. And I'm not saying you have to do it every single time, but I'm telling you, I wasn't even willing to entertain that idea because I thought if I entertain that idea, Holy Spirit might make me do it, and I'm really gonna have to do it. So I was like, I was like quickly, like, like I don't even want to think about that because that might have to happen and I don't want to disobey God so I'm just going to not even think about it. Am I just being honest with you? I don't want to be ashamed about any of my relationship with Jesus. It's just not okay. And I'm pointing the finger here. I'm not pointing the finger. I'm just trying to be real and honest. I don't want us to be an ashamed church in any way of what Jesus does here. I want to be really bold. Years ago, there was even that word, I don't know, I think it was a ladies retreat. People came back from and, and they were spending time in God's presence just waiting on the Lord and just laying down. Whether they were slaying the Spirit, or they just were, you know, like we did this morning. I don't think anyone got slain in the Spirit. People were just sensing God's presence. They knelt or they laid down. And the ladies were just spending time in God's presence and we called the word soaking. And there was within here some people that were upset with it. I'm just telling you, as the pastor, I didn't do a good job of flying the plane through that. And I just kind of let that die away because I was ashamed in some ways. I didn't want to offend anybody. And there's so much of me that's a people pleaser. I want want to be a peacemaker and bring everybody with me. And at some point, God's saying, Ryan, you can't be a peacemaker. You've got to be unashamed of all of who you are. It's not, I don't ever want to be offensive, but I don't ever want to be ashamed of who I am. So I know I've shared this before, but it's just, I'm saying this probably more for my sake than your sake. I'm unashamed of the gospel, of all of it. I've been unashamed since the day I became a pastor to, to weep. I, I, I know Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. I, I labeled myself the weeping pastor because I felt like every Sunday I was just crying. Somehow I'm unashamed to cry. I want to be unashamed in every expression of my love for Jesus. Hmm. Immediately he preached. All right, let's keep going, because I I could stay on all these for a long time, but there's more. All right, let's just keep reading. Verse 21. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who who destroyed those who called uh, called on this name in Jerusalem, and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. So there's so much in all these things, I just wanna highlight several things. It says that he increased all the more. That when the persecutions and the ridicule and the disagreement came, he increased in strength all the more. He didn't just, oh, I barely got by. I'm just clinging on for dear life. He actually grew in strength when the persecutions came. Isn't that what God's word says several times? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that it produces in you what? Perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And the hope, right, the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart. There's a process. Saul is being strengthened. And actually, I looked at the word in Greek. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Quick, It says, indunamo. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Indunamo, which doesn't mean just strengthened. It means enabled. He increased in his ability. As Saul was obedient just to open his mouth and testify, this is what God is doing in my life. This is what God is doing in my life. This is what I just learned from God's word. I just learned that in the beginning, it's not just a father, it's actually a trinity that created us in his image. He's just sharing whatever he's getting. He's just opening his mouth. He's increasing his ability. Honest inventory. Honest inventory. Is that a reflection of your life? Currently, right now, are you increasing your ability to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you increasing your ability in every spiritual gift? Is your gift of tongues that maybe you received a long time ago, is it actually increasing? Are you learning new ways to pray in the spirit? Whatever it is, I mean, I can keep going down the line. Where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Your, your devotional time, is it increasing? Right, Where are you at in your walk with God? Can you honestly say it's growing and growing and growing and growing and getting better and better and better? In the midst of storms going on, storm watches happening, right? You're not rattled, you're not shaken, there's no fear. You don't have a spirit of fear. Like, that's huge. I, really quick side tangent, because that note, right? We all know there's a severe weather going on right now. There's zero judgment for me if you're at home watching and you used wisdom to stay at home. Zero judgment. But I am believing that there's no one here that has a spirit of fear. We don't have a spirit of fear. It doesn't matter what comes. We can be in a storm, whether it's a physical storm with rain and wind, or a financial storm, emotional storm. It doesn't matter what the storm is. God wants you to be at perfect peace. Peace. He wants to rule and reign in your heart where you are growing and it doesn't rattle you, it doesn't shake you, where you are not anxious for anything, but in everything, you are just in prayer and supplication, letting your request be known to God, right? You're growing in your ability. I love this. I love that Saul was just growing like crazy in his ability, in everything, in his discernment, where he completely discerned all of scripture wrong. He's now getting it all right. And, he's, and now he's able to discern God's word better than anybody else. Like Saul leapfrogged everybody. He was growing like crazy in his ability. I'll be bold. Was there anything like, sometimes we think, well, the body of Christ, like I'm, I don't know, these spiritual gifts or this ability to be a hospital, like I think of, Pastor Greg and Catherine, they're like hospitality. They're they're greeting everybody. They're being nice. And so like, that's their job. That's not my job to be hospitable. Baloney, right? Each one of us are called to do everything in the body of Christ. And I just look at Paul's life. He had the gift of healing. He had the gift of prophecy. He had the gift. Go down the list of all the gifts. He bore the fruit of gentleness. He was bold and blasted people. Like he lacked nothing. And sometimes this brain, I think like, well, I'm a pastor, so I'm called to this. And so these are my gifts and my abilities. And like that over there, that's not my gift set, so I don't operate in that. And I'm like, no, he grew in every ability. I need to grow in every ability. You have no zone where you're like, well, that's not my zone. That's not my, that's not my thing. Can I just tell you right now, you don't have a, that's not my thing. You don't have to be the pastor to physically... Heal someone, to pray for someone's physical healing. Oh, man, he grew in his ability. Is that you? Are you growing in your ability? Hmm. I have tons of verses. I, I don't know if I'm going to skip a whole bunch of these. Hmm. All right. So I sang this song as a kid growing up here. Some of you guys know it, I'm sure. But it says, day by day, I'm growing stronger. You ever know that song? Day by day, my victory's won. As I yield my life to Jesus, oh, day by day, I overcome. Can you sing that song with 100% honesty, testifying of what your life looks like right now in this season? Day by day, I'm just overcoming Can you think of more songs, right? Little by little, I'm taking ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon. Strongholds come tumbling down. There's these songs where I feel like the enemy wants to rob, to steal things. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I got to look at the time and all those different things. There's a whole bunch more in here, and I'm I'm just being honest with you, I'm struggling to figure out what to say and what to do right now. But I praise God for Zechariah 4 that says, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So there's things that God wants to do. There's things that God is teaching us right now. But it's not going to come through great intellect. It's not going to come through the pastor doing everything. It's going to come through all of us being submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not by my own power. It's not by our ability to do these things. It's being led by the Spirit. Hmm. All right. Yeah, worship team, come back up. Come back up. See, I want to be careful. There's things that I, I saw in praying over this week in Scripture. There's a whole bunch that I, I mean, I always tell you, there's a zillion more things in there. But I don't want to force anything. I don't want to contrive anything. I don't want it to be emotional. I don't want it to be because I'm trying to ride a wave. Like, no, I just want to be, Holy Spirit, what do you want? I'm submitted to you. But I do know this. I know that there's some of you that still have questions of what's going on around here. And I want to bring peace. That's my heart as a pastor. I want to bring you peace. But I can't do it in teaching alone. It's not going to happen. And I can sense that there are the birds in the air that are hovering over. I don't know, Pastor Jake mentioned something about these last couple of days. He saw birds, all kinds of flocks of birds, ravens and uh, I don't know, all different kinds of birds. He just saw flocks of birds. And I'm telling you, I sent, when he said that, I didn't put two and two together, but I sense it in the spiritual realm. They're the birds of the air that are looking to snatch words of truth, encounters you've had, and to make them less significant, to make them, I don't know, whatever enemy wants to do to rob, steal, kill, destroy. And I'm saying, I don't want that. I want my heart to be so soft that, you guys remember the, the parable, Jesus talking about the parable of the soils? There's that hard where the, the rock, the path where it bounces off. The birds of the air snatch it away. Weeds choke out. The sun scorches it out. But there is that good soil that receives the word of God. That seed is nourished. That seed is watered. That seed is able to go down deep. And that seed is able to bring up a harvest. This is what I know. I know that, Osborne, we are we're about to bring a great harvest. Before Jesus returns, he's going to bring many sons to glory. And I wanna be in on it. And it's not gonna be that because we have the best discipleship program, it's because we're submitted to the Holy Spirit. It's because we know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's because like Saul, we are unlearning things and we're humbling ourselves. No arrogance, no pride, that we don't think we're better than any other church. There's none of that here. But there's a genuine hunger and desire for more, more of Jesus, more of his spirit. So as we close in one last worship psalm, I'm just gonna give an invitation. If you sense the birds of the air in your life, you sense some choking out of things that God's been doing the last several weeks, but I'll say that he's spoken to your life a long time ago. You sense the enemy coming against you. And you want to be like Saul that it says that he increased in strength. He increased in his ability. It wasn't wasn't in spite of, it actually was because of. Because of the persecution, that stumbling block actually became a stepping stone. It became a promotion. The enemy coming against him actually made him stronger those birds the air was like, oh man, that means I actually have a knock to my belt where I was, I succeeded that with Christ, I was able to overcome. Some of you need to deal with the authority thing. There's an attitude, there's a mindset. I can keep going on this for a long time. Whether it's here in the church leadership whether it's your father and mother that you're supposed to honor, you could be 50 years old and you still have to work on honoring your father and mother. It could be a whole slew of things. But I do feel like the Lord is saying today he doesn't want you to leave here with a hard heart. He doesn't want you to leave here unresponsive to an opportunity for the oil to come in, for the rain to come and soak and saturate. Is this making sense? And maybe... Maybe it's for only one Saul in the room, and the rest of us get to be—I didn't get to it—encouragers, Barnabas's. The rest of the church would not receive Saul. If you read the rest of the story. Peter and all the rest of the apostles like, nope, not that guy. We're not bringing him in. But Barnabas came alongside and said, "No, this guy is who God has called." A whole lot more on that. I can't get to right now. But let's just take a minute in a second I'm going to pray in a second when I say amen we're all going to stand we're going to sing a last worship song kind of like last Sunday and if you feel like you need to respond just come on forward and respond But before we stand Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we're just submitted to you I don't claim to understand or to know everything but I yield myself to you I recognize that you provide the fire I just provide the sacrifice. I just submit myself to you. And you do what you gotta do, God. So I thank you, God, that I can't make a crowd come to the pulpit, to the, to the altar. God, I can't make one person do that. Holy Spirit, you are the convictor of sins. Holy Spirit, you are the one who woos and draws us to Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit, would you come into my life? Holy Spirit, I invite you to challenge me, to encourage me, to convict me, to change me. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. So I yield and submit and surrender to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you need to come forward, just stand Everyone, let's stand. Let's sing one last song. Come forward if you need to come forward.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: into new things and saying, let there be light and let there be mountains and let there be people and let there be new, beautiful things that God says are good. So as we ask the Holy Spirit to come rest on us now, open up your heart. Even if you've been a Christian for years, God still makes things new. He still creates new things. And that can look like whatever it is. That's between you and God. But open up your heart to him and let him speak new creation into your life today.